0: The trade deadline has come and the trade deadline has gone. What are all the cliches? Pencils down. No more markings. No more deals. We made it across the line. The Pacers had one more move in them. They did the Karis Levert trade Sunday. They wait two days to do the DeMontis Sabonis trade Tuesday. And then, with about 30 minutes to go, they make their final move. Trading away Tory Craig to Phoenix for Jalen Smith and a second round pick. Going to break down that deal. Why the Pacers did it? why they got Jalen Smith, what this deal means for them now, what it means for them in the future, what Jalen Smith can bring to the team, the usual bells and whistles of a trade breakdown, although this one is pretty minor. At the end here, we met Halliburton, Healed, and Tristan Thompson at practice today. Going to talk a little bit about what they said, although getting into all of it would take forever, on uh, what they mean to the team and, and their playing status going forward. But let's lead off with the big thing that happened. The Pacers make their final trade of the deadline right before it happened. And if you listen to yesterday's show, you know exactly, why they did this. It's all about the money, money, money. Not entirely, but 90% about the money. Pacers send away Tory Craig to Phoenix in exchange for Jalen Smith and the unprotected Phoenix Suns second-round pick, which projects to be one of the crappiest picks in the draft. And let's break that all down. But before I talk about the trade, let's think about what the Pacers have done holistically for just a second and why Torrey Craig. I thought I probably should have rated him a little higher on the likely Pacers to be traded to cut money list. They traded Justin Holiday away their oldest player on the team. They traded Jeremy Lamb away, the third oldest player on the team, and they traded Torrey Craig away, the fourth oldest player on the team. I might have Craig and Lamb's ranking flip. doesn't matter. The Pacers got rid of their old and got youth in the door, and that was obviously a strong priority for them with this deadline. They wanted to get younger and better. But in retrospect, that should have made a Craig trade more obvious. And really, they would have traded their three oldest players when the season started, but Lance snuck in as a 31-year-old and ruined those rankings from being one, two, three. Lance deserves to be on the team, obviously. So Craig is to Phoenix, where he went to the finals last year. He'll help them a lot on their wing defense. Jalen Smith is the matching salary coming to Indiana. It sounds awesome. Jalen Smith, 2022, number 10 overall pick, right? They got a top 10 pick for Torrey Craig. What a good job from the Pacers. There's a reason the Suns are willing to get rid of him, obviously. Uh, But he is in Indiana now. Uh, They have five centers, him, Thompson, Goga, Isaiah Jackson, and Miles Turner Pacers. Got a log jam at center. Despite clearing up the one that fans have been clamoring for to break up for a while, they now have a new one. That one doesn't matter as much. Uh, The biggest reason the Pacers did this trade is something I've been talking about for forever and ever and ever, and that is finances. The Pacers were about $500,000 away from the luxury tax before this trade, and that's far enough away probably for all intents and purposes, but there was and there can be a situation where the Pacers have a few players hit bonuses that total more than that $500,000 number. And then the Pacers would have gone into the luxury tax this season. And the Pacers do not want to be in the luxury tax this season. They can get a lot of money from revenue sharing. If they're shy of the tax, they'd probably be more willing to pay it in the future if they're really good really soon, if they don't pay it now. But just in general, you know how owners are. If their team isn't good, they're not paying the tax. The Pacers want to deduct it. So to duck it and get two assets. For a guy who really wasn't that impactful for your team is pretty good move from the Pacers now they'll they'll miss some stuff in Torrey Craig like Torrey Craig was the first pip since Dad young was traded or was was not retained at the end of his contract a few years ago Torrey Craig was the best Pacers perimeter defender wing defender I guess is probably more accurate that they've had on the team he's strong enough to to defend the bulky wings that no one else on this franchise has been able to for a while and he, he just has some defensive intensity that they've been lacking one of the best on-ball defenders they've had, or they had now, past tense, in the Sabonis era. They ship him away, and the numbers bear out that Torrey Craig was not that impactful, right? And, And the numbers are never everything, and again, he had skills that no one else on the team had, but they were about nine points per 100 possessions better with Torrey Craig off the floor than on the floor. Their defensive rating was actually better when he wasn't in the game. This season for them. And again, the skills were obvious. There were games to play him and and things like that. But there were a lot of times where, you know, he wasn't the shooter they needed him to be. He was taking off the dribble long twos. You know, Torrey Craig is definitely better suited for a contender where his shots are easier, his role is lesser on offense, and he's just in there to be a, a bulldozer on defense, basically. So he definitely had utility for the Pacers, and that signing made a lot of sense. But it made a lot more sense for them to do the trade that they did to take in Jalen Smith and a second round pick. That trade became official about five seconds before I started recording the show. Pacers also sending cash to the Suns. You know what happened last time that happened? The TJ Warren trade came to be. So who knows what will become of this? Uh, The Suns pick that they're sending is their unprotected 2022 second rounder. That sounds like nothing and it kind of is. You know, It's going to be one of the worst five picks in this draft, whatever. As we saw the Pacers do last year, and they might, you know, they actually might have more roster spots this coming summer. So maybe they'll use it this time. But last year, remember they used crappy seconds to move up in the second round, then they moved up in the second round with Aaron Holiday to get back into the first round. And because they, you know, they also have the Rockets second and future seconds, you know, it is valueless on its own or, or next to valueless. It's one of the worst assets, air quotes you can have. It still is a positive value thing. It could be used. For other things, that's one of the things they get. They also get Jalen Smith in this deal. I'll talk a lot about Jalen Smith in the next segment in his future with the team. Smith was the number 10 pick in the 2022 draft, uh, which sounds awesome. Top 10 pick, a center. He couldn't get on the floor very much for Phoenix. We'll see what happens in Indiana. So getting a getting a former first-round pick and, and a second is nice. But, again, this one's all about the money. The $400,000 in savings for the Pacers this season is very helpful. They have no more tax risk. And now in theory, if they can find a way to get off of some money somewhere else, and I, they probably can't anymore, you know, unless Tristan Thompson is willing to take a buyout and we'll talk about him later. Uh, but I don't know that he would or wouldn't be able to, it's going to be really hard for the Pacers to get off of any money. So it's, they, they can't really sign anyone else to the team this year or promote a two way guy or anything like that. But they still needed the savings now to to deduct the tax this year. But the other reason Jalen Smith has appeal for the Pacers, especially in the financial department, is he has no money guaranteed next year. So Corey Craig had over $5 million of his contract guaranteed for next season. Smith has nothing. So just like the Carousel trade, in fact, those trades are pretty similar deals. The Pacers traded a guy with two years left on his deal for an expiring contract and picks. Uh, It just happened to be the value of The contracts and picks were different in both trades. You know, Ricky Rubio, obviously, completely dead money with picks. And uh, from the Suns, they get Jalen Smith, who maybe is a little bit of a positive value and a crappy second rounder. So this trade was mostly about the money, right? They clear up the room this year that they'll be – they're probably safe for the tax now, like 99.5% chance uh, unless some crazy stuff happens with Buddy Heald or Miles Turner the rest of the season. And they are way, way more – Flexible with their finances next season. That should be the goal was the Tory Craig trade. Get assets, great. Clear money, great. And he really wasn't playing that well for them in terms of the on-off numbers. Getting rid of that is not going to be something necessarily super painful for this team. So good final deal from the Pacers to me, especially because Craig's impact is better on a different team. And getting the stuff that they did will be more helpful for them than the stuff that they had. Their average age plummeted this week. I haven't done the math on what it was and what it is now. But this is another trade where they trade a guy over 30 away. And then now they have another 21-year-old on the team. Halliburton and Jalen Smith became of legal drinking age like 300 days ago. That's unbelievable to me. So the Pacers get younger. They get cheaper. They get another asset. Their hate game's out of the plan. This is exactly what a team in their situation should do. And to get the extra financial savings on top of that for this season when they really needed it. It's a really good trade given the situation. I, mean, I was impressed with most of the moves the Pacers were able to pull off. Uh, uh, maybe I'll grade their offseason next week or something like that. I don't like grades or anything like that. But that's the final trade the Pacers made. Torrey Craig out, Jalen Smith in a second-round pick. And who is Jalen Smith? Who is this number 10 pick in the draft the Pacers just got? That is the rosy way of discussing Jalen Smith, is saying he's a number 10 pick. There is a little bit more of a way to talk about him in a rosy manner that I want to get to. Who is Jalen Smith? What is he going to provide the Pacers? Can they keep him if they want to in the future? What does his cap space mean? What was the situation in Phoenix There's a lot to talk about with him. He's not – he's obviously salary flotsam, but when you're a former number 10 pick, you draw a little bit more intrigue than that, don't you? So what's the deal with Jalen Smith? Can he help the Pacers? Let's talk about the Pacers' newest player. But first, let's talk about the good folks over at Bet Online, who have you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. As football continues its march to the playoffs, through the playoffs, right up to the big game this Sunday. That's right, the big game. Timberwolves, Pacers this Sunday. Just kidding. Obviously, Bet Online's talking about the Super Bowl, but they remain the best spot for all your favorite sports, scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net's got it all. Not just football, they've got up to the minute info on pro and college troops, NHL and boxing, UFC, live real time updates of current games. You've got to check them out, betonline.net. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available on there for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you, everybody, for making Locked On Pacers your first listen today, and every day I've been overwhelmed with the support for the show this week, and I I hope that my knowledge of the salary cap, to at least the extent I have it, has been helpful for you in discussing trades and thinking about the Pacers' direction going forward. Speaking of the Pacers' direction going forward, they acquire another... Young, former first-round pick from the 2021 draft. They now have two lottery picks from that 2020 draft. Jalen Smith in the door from Phoenix. I'm going to do this good cop, bad cop style. The good cop situation. Jalen Smith has only played 56 games. He's an unproven talent. Who knows what he really is? But the good cop way of looking at what Jalen Smith did in Phoenix is a short stretch that occurred earlier this season, late 2020 into early 2021. The, the Suns did not have their usual swath of big men available for several games in a row. They did not have DeAndre Ayton. They barely had JaVale McGee. They didn't have any of their bench or two-way guys available. They needed Jalen Smith to play. They pick picked from a few years ago. So in a six-game stretch from December 27th, 2020 through January 6, 2022, Jalen Smith started four times. And 25.5 minutes per game, he averaged 15.8 points per game and 10.2 rebounds per game on 55% shooting from the field, 39% shooting from deep. That's a really good six-game stretch. He played very well in those games. He was a positive plus-minus in four of them. The Suns win four of them as well, and a one-point loss to Memphis prevented that from being a 5 and one stretch. He was good in that stretch. He looked like a guy, maybe not a number 10 pick, but... You know, he was lauded as a first-round grade in that draft. Not the 10th pick good, but a high a first-rounder. So that was, the, that was the promising stretch for Phoenix where it's like, oh, this guy could be something and why perhaps the Pacers can view him as a positive asset. That was a good stretch for him. He certainly has some good skills, which we'll talk about later. But here comes the bad cop. There's a reason the Suns are willing to part with the number 10 pick and a second-round pick for Torrey Craig, and that is that He has mostly not been good in his career. Jalen Smith, uh, you know, for a guy who's 6'10", you'd expect better shooting percentages than 45.5% from the field. And the biggest problem for a lot of the stuff he does, and some of this is the way Phoenix plays, doesn't really cater to this size of player. He's 6'10", 215. YouTube watchers who can see me, I weigh more than 215 pounds. I am not 6'10". I am barely six feet tall. I've got more weight than this guy. And that's not necessarily a problem. Tall and light players have had success before. But for the way he has been playing in Phoenix and the way that, you know, basketball kind of is trending with big men, he's got to be a little bulkier. And that has really held him back. His screen setting is Goga-esque. He's just not necessarily a good screen setter. And with guys like him, he is really athletic. That's something he's really good at. Uh, they get really eager to roll. O'Shea Brissett is actually really guilty of this too for the Pacers where sometimes they make contact on the screen, but it's not effective because the ball handler doesn't get all the way around them quite yet, and they just get so excited. They they push off the defender and run to the basket, but because they ran away so quick, the guy could just slide over and stop the ball handler. Jalen Smith certainly guilty of some of that. Not a good screen setter, which could be really valuable for him because – one of his redeeming on the court qualities is that athleticism does pop right he finishes very well around the rim cuz he can get up and dunk you know he's shooting over 70% from 0 to 3 feet this season he has dunked the ball 10 times in about 140 makes so one of his seven makes are dunks like that that's pretty good right he made eight shots his rookie he made eight dunks his rookie season out of 22 makes excuse me I have these numbers wrong he has 10 dunks in 63 makes this season one of every six and he had eight dunks in 22 makes his rookie season that's like one of every three like he is really athletic not quite as a Jackson-esque but he's a good finisher good dunker around the rim impressive stuff to be able to do that and that that athleticism shows up in his block rate his block rate looks pretty good too because he's very springy you know if you've seen highlights of Jalen Smith he can really dunk it but his floor game is really weak like he can't really handle the ball he's not a good passer he doesn't have really good vision uh, he he showed off some stuff at Maryland. You know, if you are a Purdue or IU watcher who listens to the show, you'll know who Jalen Smith is from his Maryland days. But it you know, just has not shown anything in the NBA. No handle, the outside shots not there. So for these kind of skinnier centers with athleticism, they either need to be like an awesome defender like Isaiah Jackson I be, or they need to be a good screen setters. So they can dominate the pick and roll game, or they need to be able to shoot. They need something if they're not going to be big enough to be able to go inside consistently. Jalen Smith does not have any of that stuff so far. There's a reason the Zones were willing to part with him. Now, that also was that stretch I just talked about where he looked really good. And that could be something the Pacers are wondering about is, you know, can they, can they make that happen? Can they make that a thing that happens and is more consistent? And if they can, this trade will look even better. They got a really good and valuable player for Torrey Craig. That would be great if he's able to be that guy. The odds suggest that he won't be. And Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report reported today on Twitter a few times that they were looking to to move him somewhere else after acquiring him, uh, which kind of suggests that they don't necessarily believe he can be much more than he was in Phoenix. We'll see where that actually shakes out and what he is in the Pacers. But another thing stacked against Jalen Smith here is even if the Pacers want or want to believe in him a little bit, the Pacers currently have on the roster Miles Turner, who will probably be the starter. Actually, duh, it will be the starter once he returns from injury, probably after the All-Star break. They have Goga Batadze, who they would like to get some minutes to, especially now that the center rotations are open with Sabonis Saboniscon, They would like to grow him and see what they have from their 18th overall pick in 2019. They have Isaiah Jackson, who had 26-10 and at and his only start and looks like a very promising long-term player. And they now have Tristan Thompson, who might play a little bit with Turner Hurt right now until the break, and who knows what his future holds with this franchise, but certainly might be a valuable veteran to have around. And that is all on top of Jalen Smith. They now have five bigs. So if Smith wants to really get on the floor and prove he has future value or get more acclimated to the NBA or something, he might have to play the four a little bit. And the Pacers two-big experiment with the two bigs, Terbonus is over. But they might have to play two bigs going forward. They dealt Justin Holiday and Torrey Craig. Brissett can obviously play the four, but their they're four spot's looking a little weak as it stands. So... Uh, Maybe that's how Jalen Smith gets on the floor a little bit. Maybe that's what they experiment with Isaiah Jackson. Either way, it's going to be hard for Smith to get minutes and prove himself on this team unless his first performance, he just looks absolutely magnificent. Again, this trade was about money. Pacers cleared the money this year and in the summer. A lot of it was about money at least. But something about Jalen Smith that people have been asking me about, and this is natural, he was a number 10 overall pick. He has really high highs and his athleticism pops a ton. And again, people who watched him in the Big Ten obviously think highly of him. People have asked me how the Pacers could, in theory, retain him because he is a free agent this summer. He's on a rookie scale deal, but the Suns declined his third-year option, which should tell you a lot about his first two years, by the way. It's so rare for lottery picks to have their third-year option declined. Fourth-year happens every once in a while. Third-year option declined. I think Papa Giannis with the Kings and Jalen Smith are the only two I can think of for a very long time. The Suns declined that option, so that means he was an unrestricted free agent this coming summer and... The Pacers are limited; they can only offer him what his salary would have been next year in a new deal—about four point eight million. So, if he's incredible and awesome in his minutes, and he outperforms that, it's kind of hard for the Pacers to keep him anyway for money reasons. You know, uh, <laughs> affording him in general, uh, but also because they are limited in what they can keep him at. Because the Suns declined his option, I don't think he'll play a ton for this team, especially because it looks like or sounds like they were trying to move on from him immediately anyway. Per, per for Fisher, but we'll see what, what his future ends up being with this team, how much he even plays. If he can play the four a little, perhaps he gets on the floor or even if w- another one of the bigs can play the four, perhaps he'll get on the floor a little more. That was a lot of rhyming words. But I don't think Jalen Smith has much of a future with this franchise unless he has a wonderful last two months. But this is, in theory for him, a better situation, not a ton better because the Pacers have so many other centers. But the Suns were so good and had JaVale and DeAndre Ayton and Frank Kaminsky, who has been hurt for a while, but still, it was hard for him to get on the floor because they want to win all the time. They very, very rarely have development minutes available. The Pacers will have more development minutes available. And if Turner gets hurt again or Thompson gets hurt or gets bought out, whatever, there actually could be, or Goga gets hurt or Jackson, there actually could could be a need for him to play, which in Phoenix was a little harder and the Pacers are going to be blown out more the rest of the season. Hey, that's a garbage time minutes for a guy like Jalen Smith. So This is a better situation for him. Maybe he'll be something for the Pacers. I'm not expecting it myself, but I'm not going to rule it out. You know, For a, a guy who has shown the highs that he has, maybe the right opportunity could be the thing that makes him pop, but the Pacers get two lottery picks from the 2020 draft. That's how they're going to sell you <laughs> these trades. Who knows what Jalen Smith can actually end up being. We'll find out in the coming days. But we'll see. I want to meet him and talk to him before I formulate full opinions on him. I'm sure he'll be in Indy. The trade is official now, so maybe he'll be ready for the Cavs game. I'm not sure. I do know that the Cavs game could feature some other new guys. Let's talk about those guys who we met at practice today. But first, let's talk about two wonderful groups of people. First up, cha-ching. You hear that sound? I love it. It makes me smile. It's the sound of a new sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell anywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities. Believe me, this podcast has scaled from extremely small to what it is now, and Shopify tools would have been very helpful for us in the past. And Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. You can gain insights as you grow. It's more than a store Shopify grows with you. It's a possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash lockedonmba, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial to get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Shopify.com slash MBA right now. Shopify.com slash MBA. Let's also talk about Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars ever. I love the peanut butter brownie one. Everybody loves the cookie dough one. And a ton of Lockdown Pictures listeners have tried Built Bar and they too have loved them. you got to try them yourself. They're 100% covered in chocolate protein bars that actually taste good, like candy bars. A lot of protein bars you can buy in the store are nasty or they're like rubbery almost somehow. They don't taste like the flavor the box says. Built Bar is delicious, tastes like what it says it's going to taste like, and they're good for you. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. It's a perfect meal replacement. It's a perfect snack. However, you want to eat it, Built Bar, it can be perfect for you. Go to Bilt.com to try them. Use the promo code Locked15. When you check out, you'll get 15% off your order. That promo code again is Locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Pacers your first listen every day this week. Seriously awesome support from you guys. I hope you've enjoyed the content surrounding the deadline and the pacers completely pivot and change directions. And speaking of which. We met a lot of their new guys as a part of their big directional change on Thursday at practice. Buddy Heald was there. Tristan Thompson was there. Tyrese Halliburton was there. It was a crazy practice. Tory Craig practiced. I saw him shooting with O'Shaper set right in front of me for probably like an hour and a half. He leaves at one. He's traded an hour and a half later. That's how the deadline can be. You know, I walk in and I count every player to make sure I see everybody. And And I got to everybody. I found everybody at some point. I was like, okay, maybe they're not. Making a trade or anything, but Tristan Thompson's here, and you know if he's not bought out, if he's here, I was I was kind of wondering what was going on, but so the Tory Craig trade happened, but he was there. It was fascinating how that shook out. The new guys were all there, like I said. I saw Tristan Thompson do a little bit of jump shot work and form work with Rick Carlisle. I saw Rick Carlisle shoot the ball. That was pretty fun. Buddy Heald was working like crazy. I'll talk more about that in a second. Halliburton was watching film with Lloyd Pierce and meeting all his new teammates. It was really fun to see and meet all the new players. But where I want to start uh, is with what I just talked about, Buddy Heal doing a lot of one-on-one work. While we were interviewing other players and watching practice, Buddy Heal was going hard with some assistant coaches and other players, and he worked up a sweat. And we talked to him uh, in his media session. He was still sweaty, and he was like, yeah, i got to get my legs back under me because these guys were traded on Tuesday. It's now Thursday or Friday. But really, they didn't play Monday either, and in anticipation of this, they didn't practice that day, right? So they get dealt – and then they fly here that night. They lose three hours. They have to do their MRIs and stuff. So they can't play. And they had to do their MRIs at night because the Kings wanted their new guys to play. So Buddy Heald practicing and Hal Burton and Tristan Thompson on Fridays. their first, or on Thursday, excuse me, their first practice in like three days. It's their first time playing. So Buddy Heald said they had to get their legs under them, which is crucial because they. what we did hear from Rick Carlisle is those three are expected to play against the Cavs Friday. They are going to debut. Tonight, it's going to be really fun to watch the new era of Pacers basketball. I'm extremely excited to see what this team looks like, but they might not look like the crisp versions of themselves because of this time. You know, they had a lot, again, a lot of time off in between games. Like the guys going from Pacers to Sacramento gained three hours and had to just jump right into a game and stuff. Like it's a little easier that way, I think. I mean, obviously, having practices is helpful to know the plays and such, but I think that they had less lag time uh in the way it all shook out for them so that was interesting buddy he'll talk to us at the end I already talked about talking to him so we'll just go through him first um you know was pretty excited I think he's pretty excited to be out of Sacramento based off of what he said you know just in a new situation I think can really help him and he and Carlisle have talked a lot about how his shooting can help this team that's the obvious thing that I've talked about on this show and he will really help he'll be a good he's got a good support system now having Thompson and Halliburton here with him but his shooting will be so valuable for a crappy shooting team. He knows that. Uh, he also joked about, you know, in New Orleans when he played with Lance, that Lance was one of his vets, and he was like, yeah, "It should tell you a lot about about me in that time that Lance was one of my vets." But they're excited to be together, and, and again, and they had fun when they when they saw each other. So it's fun to talk to Buddy Hield. His story's cool. He, he's going to be very helpful for this team. Look, I'll get to the headliner. Halliburton talked for a long time. He is awesome at media. He's very. Good at relating to people and emotional and meeting people and faces and things like that. He's got family in Kokomo, Indiana. I did not know that. He is from Wisconsin. So in the Midwest, he's got some familiarity. He said he came to Indiana a lot of summers for family and AAU stuff. That was cool to hear. He wears number zero because he played with the part of the reason he wears number zero is from CJ Miles playing with the Pacers in NBA 2K. Like he's got some Pacers connections. He's just a really cool guy. One of his connections to Carlisle I thought was interesting is Halberton thought the Mavs might draft him. In 20, uh, 2020, the Mavs had the eighteenth pick that year and a really high second. They could have moved up potentially. He thought he might go there. The Kings ended up picking him. Obviously, he was uh, like Buddy. You know, Buddy said he was happy to be out of Sacramento. I don't think Halbert was. He was devastated to be traded. I mean, he was just stunned that it happened and was connecting with that community. So I think he'll be a great guy to have around here. Uh, all the he said all the good noteworthy things you know excited to be in the community likes his new team all the stuff you expect him to say I'm not gonna you know the a lot like six of the eight minutes of talking to these guys it's just them saying that the stuff you expect them to say something he did say that I liked is he really likes Chris Duarte's game and that was independent of my question because he talked about liking Chris Duarte's game on JJ Reddick's podcast a few weeks ago which was independent of Pacers media they're gonna be a fun duo to play together, he mentioned that you he heard Duarte lit it up in a Kings workout uh, in the pre-draft process, right? So it's going to be fun to see those guys play together. But ultimately, Halberton's just excited to get going with the new team, excited to play for Carlisle, all the stuff you want to hear him say if you're a fan of this franchise. And I think he will do very well representing the Pacers. He's very good at media, which I know most people listening don't care about, but I really care about it. It does help me understand these guys in the team better. It was very fun to talk to him. And we also talked to Tristan Thompson. And I don't I'm not gonna lie, I, I talked on this show about buyouts with him. I wasn't sure he would come to Indy or or be here that day. He's in. He is in with this team. And he also is from the Midwest before at times, uh lived in Cleveland for a long time. But the thing that makes him valuable, something Rick Carlisle's talked about, and, and I know I'll talk about his buyout more, probably going forward even, but there is value in having vets like him on young teams. You know, that I talked about potentially keeping one of Craig or Holiday for that exact reason. You want to have that kind of experience on your young team just to to pass it down and that's something thompson talked about at practice is you know with the Cavs, he had lebron james and kevin love on his team he he absorbed a lot from them he can pass down he also talked about loving battling the pacers at that time and i didn't get to ask him about getting dunked on by miles turner but i i, I might fit that in at some, at some point now that they're on the same team but you know he could be that sage vet for this team right like they, they traded away Craig, who played in the finals last year. They traded away Holiday, their only ex-champ on the roster. But now they have Tristan Thompson, who is an ex-champ and has played with some studs in his career, his time in Boston and Cleveland and stuff. So I actually do think he has value to this franchise because of that. And Carlisle has spoken pretty fondly of him. I think they have some sort of pre-existing relationship. I'm not sure how, how serious that is. So... You know, I know that I'm going to talk about it, and I know fans will kind of want, because there's a bunch of other centers, him to potentially be bought out, and it would kind of help the Pacers. There's no reason for him to want that. You know, he he want, might, might want his money. He might want to be in this market for the rest of the season. His contract expiring anyway. He's got a ring. If he doesn't want to chase it, that's up to him. You know, it's, it's not like he's doing anything wrong or anything like that. So it's very possible he sticks with the Pacers the rest of the season. He might play. You know, we learned at practice, I'm burying this 29 minutes in, that Miles Turner probably won't play until after the All-Star break. So He might play, he might actually be like in the rotation, uh, in the games between now and the all star break, depending on Patadze's health and Smith's debut and uh, Isaiah Jackson's health. So, first of all, he's here. Uh, Tristan Thompson is an indie, he will be a good vet, I think, for this team. Uh, you know, he's maybe their best rebounder on the whole roster right now. He's played on some good teams, he's played with some good vets that will be valuable for this team, even if his skills. And, and the fact that he's kind of like a, a – not a winning player necessarily, but just like a vet that doesn't stink on a, on a young, growing team. He, he His minutes don't necessarily work perfectly with what they're doing, but he's an expiring deal. He's a good vet. He's well thought of. He might actually stick around and have some value for this franchise the rest of the season. And he talked very finely about the state and the franchise as you expect the new guys to. So we'll see what his future holds. But I did enjoy speaking with Tristan Thompson and, and I, all the new guys. I'm looking a ton forward to watching them play against the Cavs tonight. Thank you all a ton for listening today and this week. Seriously, the support has been like almost honestly, a little overwhelming for the show this week. I know that my cap knowledge makes this trade stuff make makes these shows stand out a little bit, but uh, the, the support is really awesome and I'm, I'm glad everybody enjoyed and this is an entertainment thing. After all, I hope everybody is entertained and more connected with the sport they so know and love with basketball and I'm looking forward to next week talking about actual basketball again, Halliburton, his debut in Heald, and heel that Thompson, how the new guys look more stuff about Jalen Smith if he ends up playing. Maybe the Pacers do something. So, next week, we'll talk about games again for the first time in over a week. I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk about how other moves made around the league, not by the Pacers, impact them uh, in their growth cycle, or maybe ex Pacers got moved, stuff like that. Their, maybe their draft picks got moved, all that kind of stuff. Talk about that talk about what the Pacers moves. They could still make the rest of the season on Tuesday, probably. And then it's right back to covering games and this growing franchise leading up to the all-star break. So it's going to be fun coming up again as soon as next week. I hope you guys enjoy it. And again, thank you so much, everybody, for listening so much this week. Hope I gave you all the trade content that you required. If you have any questions for me about anything, I'm on Twitter at t NBA. And this show is at Lockdown Pacers. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you on Monday.